it's just Jersey, man. We're a different breed. Place. Who doesn't want to win in Jersey? What's up, everybody? John Forcher here, break down from the bar. I got with me, as always, the greatest mind in wrestling, Eric Winnuck. We got a special guest here today, Dan Hill, Rutgers wrestler, now actor, coach. He does it all. How you doing, Dan? <laughs> I'm good. How you guys doing today? Oh, we're doing good. We're doing good. Good to see you. Yeah, this is uh, John and I were joking. This is the Rooster broadcast because we, uh, you know, Dan's such a busy man. He's a man of so many trades that, you know, we got to find his time, his schedule. So, uh, you know, we work for Dan today. So that's 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 our big thing. So we got the coffee going. I got the L.A. cup for Dan. Uh, yeah, uh, I appreciate it. So we're ready to roll. Nice. I appreciate it. Yep. So. So, Dan, why don't we just jump right in? So um, for those who don't know, we know, obviously, you have a Hall of Fame wrestling career, three-time state place winner, four-time varsity, uh, you know, varsity letter winner at Rutgers University, co-founder of Yale Street Wrestling Club. But what we want to do is we want to continue our our series in kind of wrestlers and entertainment. We had spoken with Jeremy Barreler um, and and Ben Hada about, you know, kind of the work they were doing for A&E and obviously doing the Fox Catcher um, documentary. So you're on the flip side, you're on sort of the entertainment acting side. So if you can kind of tell us about your road into act into the acting scene, how it started has always been a lifelong passion and kind of what got you to where you are today. Yeah. um, Interestingly, I was acting before I was wrestling actually. So I was uh, a child actor, um, which kind of happened by mistake. My neighbor was a talent manager, was interested in my brother. Actually, he had blonde hair, blue eyes. I had bright red hair, freckles, you know, and I was a crazy person. Um, and I just let, went along with him one day to some, you know, commercial audition or something that he had. And she ended up wanting to, uh, to sign me, I guess. And I mean, that's kind of the basics of how it started. I had always been, um, into my my parents took me to see a show when I was when I was probably like eight years old and I was just obsessed with it and you know putting on costumes running around the house performing it making my family come sit in the living room and I even like literally built uh sets in my backyard and would invite the neighbors and stuff so I was doing all that when I was like eight nine ten and then uh yeah just started doing commercials and stuff a lot of, lot of serial commercials. Um, a lot of people in the wrestling world uh, know me as Sonny because I was an edge kid. And when I first started going, um, and I didn't start wrestling in seventh grade, so I started a little late. And uh, at the time that I started, you know, finding my groove at edge, I had a national Sonny Delight commercial on that was playing all the time. And so uh, Ernie. That's great. Ernie and everyone started calling me Sonny and, and a lot of them, you know, if I see them to this day, they still do. And uh, I used to enter tournaments under Sonny Hilt for a that's long great. time. I considered changing it completely. But uh, yeah, so that's kind of how it happened. So that came first. Then I found wrestling, kind of put the acting on the back burner, but was always still doing it, right. but really threw everything into wrestling. And then, um, you know, because I always knew that's still what I wanted to, to pursue. And um, so when I got to Rutgers, I was on a wrestling scholarship and I was a theater major. So I was doing plays and wrestling. Fantastic. So it was an interesting uh, path that. Absolutely. It's funny, Dan, because when you talk about, you know, when you were a child doing the videos and just falling in love with, you know, the whole concept of being on screen. I've seen um, 
documentaries on Ben Stiller because as, as, a, as a film fan myself, very similar stories to a lot of guys growing up kind of in their backyards with a video camera and just doing skits yeah. on their own, just falling in love with it. And I remember we were talking to Jeremy and Ben Hada, and they had a very similar story about just working with that video camera and kind of on their own. And I think a lot of people don't realize that, that it's that passion as a kid, kind of like when you're out playing a football, you know, I want to be a football player one day. It starts in your backyard. So I think it's the same thing with your career. So I've heard that from multiple sources, from big time actors, from guys like yourself. And I think it's, you're right. It's just that passion as a kid, starting with something small, and it leads to something bigger. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm a big uh, believer in exposing kids to art, artists, you know, any, any, any medium. I mean, obviously kids love movies and TV and stuff, but, yeah. um, you know, theater is one of my favorite things to, to do. It's one of my favorite things to see. That's kind of what took me. But yeah, making home movies, there's that new, Spielberg has a new movie coming out. That's kind of an autobiography about how he grew up making movies from the age of like eight or 10 years old. And um, yeah, it's always something like that that kind of starts, gets the ball rolling. It's the passion, man. It's not always a story of I just got discovered in the uh, in the grocery store by some guy and say, hey, why don't you go act? Um, that's that's so the rare one. Yep. Yep. So why don't we take, why don't we talk about your career a little bit? Because for those um, who may or may not know, you've obviously had some pretty big roles in some major Hollywood films, including American Gangster. Um, great scene that you're in, obviously, um, kind of with the uh, the situation with the cop and the mom. But uh, let's talk about being kind of your wrestling background. Why don't you talk to us about your experience in the movie Foxcatcher, especially as a division one wrestler, what it was like being on the set of that film and maybe anything you learned that maybe you didn't know about that RTC and about the story of, of obviously Schultz and in, uh, in Foxcatcher. Yeah. 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 I, I learned a lot actually. Um, you know, it's funny because like I said, I, I started wrestling a little later than is typical especially in Jersey. Um, so seventh grade. And so when I started wrestling, it was right around the time, I think, when Dave was killed. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't quite aware, obviously, as I got older and was introduced to all these wrestlers, these American wrestlers, foreign wrestlers, whatever. Ernie was real big on that. Um, used to have tapes, you know, back before everything was so easy. He'd, he'd have tapes. And I hear he still does that. Um, you know, of Satyev and Fitzayev and everybody and, <clears throat> and Schultz. So of course I learned who he was. Um, so by the time I was doing Foxcatcher, I was very aware of, you know, the story we were there to, to tell. And, um, you know, regardless, I think of what wrestling fans think of that movie, because it does have, it's a, it's a dark, weird tone. Um, it's, I think, very important that this movie was made about this great American wrestler and the horrible tragedy that happened. Um, and so on set, man, I got to, you know, I got to hang out with Nancy Schultz a whole bunch where we would, you know, there'd be nights where just me, Nancy Ruffalo and Channing would be sitting around um, drinking Jesse Jansen, Corey Jansen, John Jira, who I met, who was a Foxcatcher, Team Foxcatcher member. Him and I got uh, pretty close. And just hearing the stories of, of um, what was going on back then. And, you know, I think the craziness aside, just the fact that this, there was this unprecedented thing happening for American wrestlers where they were getting to wrestle for being paid or to live for free and live for free on this compound. And, you know, that hadn't been a thing yet. So just hearing the history of how that all started, obviously, horrible ending. 
Um, but being on set was eye-opening because I was I learned a lot of things that I didn't know that maybe the typical person doesn't know unless they were there getting to hang out with that group of people, which was really, really cool, really special. Good stuff. <clears throat> nice, nice. So so what are you doing now? Anything, anything coming in the pipeline that you're working on? Always uh always hustling. Um it's one of the things about the acting world, man. It's it's unforgiving. It's tough. Uh, it's something all these years later that I'm still trying to come to terms with because, you know, as a wrestler or an athlete in general, you, you, you're kind of taught work hard. You're going to, you're going to get to where you want to be. And acting's not quite like that. I've been working hard for a long time. It's a lot of luck involved, a lot of who, you know, right place, right time stuff. But, um, yeah, this past year I was on four different episodes of TV shows. I have a little recurring role on a show called FBI that's on CBS. I was going to say you've done a couple of police dramas and things of that nature. Talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As, as I've gotten older, I guess I just have that that look. I always tell Donnie that I'm more of a cop than he is because <laughs> I play one better on TV. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so hopefully there's more of that to come, more FBI. It's kind of a cool. write you in as we go basis. And um, I'm trying to make, I have a couple of my own scripts that I'm trying to get made. And I've been in pre-production for one of them for a while, trying to figure it out. It's always a tough road. Well, I'll say, Dan, once once comes down the pipe, I know I know uh, Donnie's kind of publicized on on the page. When you're on the show, we'll pop it on Breakdown from the Bar and we'll publicize you. So let us know when you got it. When you got a scene, we'll put it up for you. Yeah, we'll get it going. So speaking of Donnie, and for those that don't know, it's Donnie D. Philippus, uh, New Jersey great. Um, you know, I know you guys uh, founded the wrestling club, Yale Street, started out in Donnie D. Philippus' garage. Now you're producing uh, NCAA All-Americans coming out of there. A lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of top talent. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that club foreman and um, everything? Yeah, there. yeah. So I met Donnie at, um, at Rutgers. And I always like to say he was a 17th year senior and I was a uh, true freshman, but uh, yeah, he had transferred back and I think he, he was doing his fifth year yeah. and I was a true freshman. We met there, hit it off friends ever since. And then I guess when he, after both of us had graduated and Donnie was, I don't think he had become a cop yet. Everyone was, you know, the early twenties figuring out what we're doing. Find yourself. Um, yeah. Yeah. We were just both doing lessons. He had moved into this place with, with this detached garage. We threw mats down. And both of us had found a couple people that we were just doing privates with. And that just became more regular. And then one day we were kind of like, we, we've each got a bunch of guys here. Why don't we have like a group class? So we started doing like Fridays. Where, and, you know, we're talking seven kids maybe in, in the group class. And it just kind of grew and grew and grew. Um, word of mouth. And until eventually we moved into um, what was Yeti and we're there. Uh, I don't even know. I'm bad with this. Five stuff. Years. Four or five years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think you guys were at Brawl House for a little bit and then you got to Yeti. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. And then we pretty much doubled our size, moved over to uh, the Piscataway location. And it's been, been awesome, man. Unexpected, which yeah. I think is the coolest part about the whole thing neither of us were trying to start a wrestling club and that's kind of i feel like the beauty of, of what happened and um beyond my wildest dreams of of what i wanted out of this thing 
Well, I'd say, Dan, it's it's cliched, but it's almost kind of like your your acting career and others. It's it started with a passion for you doing something because you enjoyed it, because you were trying to do something not just for yourself but help somebody else. It's just something you're doing on the side and it grew into something. I think when people try to do something because you say, I'm gonna start a wrestling club and we're gonna produce all Americans in the next year. I think if you try to do that. Just like if you try to do anything, it's going to backfire on you because you're not starting from the right spot. So it sounds like both the acting kind of spin and what you did with Yale Street is kind of the same concept. It's something I love to do. It's a passion. If I do it in my backyard, if I do it in Donnie's garage, it doesn't matter. We're doing what we love. And because of that, it grows from there. And I think people see that and people know that. I, I think that's absolutely right. It was never, never about making money. Still isn't. Um, and, you know, I, I look at Don, Donnie, couldn't ask for a better partner than him. There's nobody I know that loves this sport more than Donnie. And then to see, um, you know, his, his youngest is my godson and, his, and Dominic, his oldest, like to, to see them come up, literally be, you know, born <laughs> at the club, like, yeah. you know, on the mats every day as little kids just crawling around and to see them grow <laughs> up in, in, the, in the room and, uh, around the sport is really in, unbelievable. Um, I'm just so happy to get to be a part of it. It's well, really let's, let's give you your moment today because obviously we had Donnie on, um, I think it was late last year, John, he, he, he said very similar things to you, but bringing it back to kind of your career, um, tell us about the call you got when, for those who don't know that uh, Coach Holt is part of the Manalapan Hall of Fame now, what was it like to get that call? And tell us about that induction night. Um. So that one, that, that was a while ago now. It was probably like my first or second year out of college. So we're getting old, guys. Um, that was a while ago now. But I just remember being very, very excited about it. I mean, Manalpin had, had um, this great tradition of wrestlers that came back to help the program and these people that just loved it. Um, you know, I grew up with Steve Rivera in the room and yeah. – you know, Indris Lujuwata Kusumo, who would come in every now and then. Yeah, it's the best name ever in wrestling. I remember <laughs> he took out Justin Hurst yeah. in the state finals a little before oh, me. I remember Justin that. Hurst, right? It's like a Manalapan, I think, rite of passage just to learn oh. how to say his last name. And I don't even know if I'm saying it right, but I remember yeah. being pumped about being able to say it. Um, but that was great. I think the, mo the, the, the most amazing thing about Manalapan Hall of Fame and then the Shore Conference Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah, I was going to go to that, the Shore Conference Hall of Fame, yep. Which was a couple years ago. The, the best yep. thing about both of those is we were so tight as a team. Like I'm still, those are still my best friends that I see all the time. And um, every one of them was there. They, they were there at the Manalapan Hall of Fame. They were there at the Shore Conference Hall of Fame. Um, and it's something I, I talk about, Eric, I've probably talked to you about this, about um, how you see a lot of kids going to private schools or, you know, going elsewhere. And I'm not here to knock that, but just right. growing up with these guys, you know, again, I started wrestling seventh grade. So these are right. all the first, these are the people I met when I came into the program through middle school, we were really good. And then we're okay. Freshman, sophomore year, and then just kind of broke out and all, and I think we finished ranked fourth or fifth in the state, took seven to states, placed three, um, all from an Alpin. Wow. That, that was the most, you can't beat that. We, we won the short conference, uh, we won the short conference tournament. We beat Goody and Jackson <laughs> in the finals. I think nice. the first time 
first time i still send him a picture every every now and then i feel bad we should have asked him that on the broadcast maybe when we get back uh scott back on we'll uh we'll throw that at him oh you gotta you gotta yeah. he, he loves he loves being asked about that yeah just, uh, it's funny dan great stuff there and Oh, go ahead, Eric. No, I was going to say, when you're talking about growing up in a program, you know, staying local and wrestling with the guys that you grew up with, being kind of in that public environment, um, even from the club scene, because I remember, you know, Dan, you know, obviously with some of the duels that we've done, um, where some of the top duels, you know, whether it's New Way or some of the other things, you know, you got some of these clubs that are taking all these top level kids from this area, this area. It's almost like a hodgepodge of kids. And yeah, they've got almost like a gold pool lineup up and down. But when you see like a Yale street club where 70, 80% of the kids are in that room two, three days a week, it's almost a similar feel. And I think, I don't know if you want to talk about that, you know, um, even in the, in the club scene, having guys who are tight and coming up together, I think creates the same environment. They may not come in first, but I think it creates a camaraderie that I think lasts forever. Absolutely. And, and I know Donnie, me, Donnie and I, Shane, Pete, everyone involved with Yellow Street, we, we all agree. Um, and we've had these conversations many times. Um, uh, yeah, it would be awesome. It, I'm sure it's great to go out with these star-studded teams and win these big tournaments. But back to kind of how Yellow Street started, that's not, that's not what this is about. It's for us. We're about taking kids and making them better. And kind of the biggest satisfaction that, that we get for sure at a coaching is, you know, taking a kid who um, maybe, maybe hasn't won a single match or has won two or three matches and making them a district champ in a couple of years and, you know, state place winners, et cetera. That's the best. So why not have a team? And, and it's the same, you know, going out and, and watching them compete and coaching kids like that. That's who I want to coach. I don't care if you've won Tulsa nationals. What You don't need me in your corner. You have yeah. 17 other coaches who are all trying right. to jump at the chance to be your coach. I want to coach a kid who I know that I'm in the room with every day. And that's kind of how the philosophy has, has been with uh, Yale Street. And we're sticking to it, whether we're winning big dual tournaments or not. It's cool. not it's, ultimately, it's not what it's about, I don't think. Yeah. And talking about that, I know you came on to a, to a Rutgers team um, back there in, in early 2000s. You guys had a lot of, a lot of those types of guys on those teams that um, re really weren't the blue chip recruits, but there were a lot of tough guys in there. I mean, obviously Donnie transferred back, but then you had Amir Khan, you had Greg Austin, multiple time uh, qualifier, Andy Rory, who unbelievable. You talk about luck, like him not being an all American and, you know, he was, Definitely one of the best top four or five guys in the country. Beat Joe Williams. You know, I'll like anybody. He beat Joe Williams in Midland. Time. That was a takedown. So why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, coming onto that team and any any good good uh, good things about or good stories about the Silver Fox back then? Back then. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, Rutgers back then was kind. Of, it's funny. There is this perception looking back. At, that Rutgers was this terrible team before. Hundred percent. And right. I, I'm always out there, kind of talking to myself, saying that's not true. Um, yeah, the spotlight wasn't on us. We didn't have these insane facilities. We for sure were not a top ten team like they are now. And what Goodale and, and Pritzoff and all of them have done with the program is absolutely incredible. But we were, 
you know, my freshman year, that, that team of guys that you just mentioned that my freshman year, like we were, we were tough. I think it was the first year. I remember Sachi saying that every guy on the team may be placed to the IWAs, I believe. Yeah. And, yeah. and we're talking, you know, those years, arguably the IWA was the second best conference in the country. Yeah. With all yeah. the teams that were in that. Um, so, you know, I certainly didn't reach my, what I wanted. You know, I didn't, I didn't reach the goals that I had set out for myself in college. I'm, I'm sure that a lot of people on my team would say the same thing, but we went out there, we competed hard. We wrestled hard. We, we practiced hard. We were, uh, uh, again, a family that, that team, we were tight uh, back to those are my best friends in the world still to this day. Um, and as far as the silver Fox goes, I mean, anyone that knows Sachi knows uh, there's a lot of stories probably most I couldn't tell on this, uh, <laughs> but one of my favorites that I always, that I, that I still, I tell to this day, I think we were wrestling at army and there was a kid, you remember Chris Ressa? Yep. One of my good friends, Chris Ressa state finalist for Lenape Valley, real tough. Um, I think he was third in the EIWA that year That's too. Qualifier. Yep. Yep. He was, uh, he was wrestling. So his name's Chris Ressa. And, uh, and it was Kessel, the great uh, Gary Kessel was repping. And I forget exactly what was going on. I think Wrestle was in on a leg, right? And maybe Kessel called a stalemate or something. And Sachi, Sachi went, you suck, Kessel. And he turned around, he goes, would you say, John? And they're like in each other's face. And uh, Sachi goes, I said, suck it in, Ressa. I was saying, <laughs> suck it in, Ressa. And he's like, that's not what you said. That's how he said, John. He's like, I said, suck it in, Reza. And he's like, all right, whatever, whatever. And he turned around and, and I just remember Sachi like turning back to all of us and being like, and then like, you know, getting away with it. That's funny. <laughs> That's funny, man. That's a good one. That one too. Hey, Reza on real estate. He's a big name right, yeah, right now. That's right. You know, COO, he's a podcaster. Reza's doing a little bit of, a little bit of your world. You know, he has a little bit of entertainment flavor. Oh yeah. I'm in the real estate world. So that's good. He's stuff. always been one trying to but, talk. Yeah, about I can see Sachi uh, running, you know, doing that uh, exact thing. So that's, that's great. Fun. You know, that's the funny thing about Sachi. I, I think people see him as this old school Marine type former military guy you know he, he but he had a weird sense of humor that i don't people realized about him um and the joke is everyone calls me wonk now um because when i was on the team i i was one of those kind of you know guys who lasted maybe you know a couple months i walked out came back okay i put in two more solid years on the mat you know and you talk about names the Rutgers program people think that it just got good seven years ago I think of Jason Hawk Mike Popnewski Rodney Van Ness you know we mentioned Justin Hurst Tom Wysocki you know even your guys guys like Castellini um you know Ricardo Romero there's a lot of quality wrestlers who've come through this program um but I remember coming back on the mat and out of nowhere he just started calling me wonk okay and I swear to this day he pronounced my name perfectly until I left and when I came back it felt like it was a big middle finger to me like you know, you're going to come back on this mat. I'm going to butcher your name. So um, anyway, we're, we're talking about stories um, in the New Brunswick and Rutgers scene. So what can you tell me, Dan, about 82 Central? Because I don't know if you know, that is actually a very legendary Rutgers wrestling house. And yeah. you got to keep it a little PG-13 because this is a family of network. Of course, of course. And it's early. It's nine o'clock. <laughs> um, but uh, that's one of the funniest things ever is us discovering that we lived oh. in the same house what 10 years apart or something like yep. that. Yep. Um, 
Yeah, it was crazy. And I don't, I mean, I can't remember how we discovered that. I think that maybe it was the wrestling house and then, and then wasn't for a little while, but yeah. I don't know how we got back there, yeah. but seven of us. A haunted house. It just drags you back. I don't know. Yeah. And it was like seven of us, maybe eight. I'm trying to remember. We had, we had a, we had a, my buddy, Mike living in like, <laughs> there was like a little, a tiny little room that you just yeah. walk. It wasn't a room. Yeah. You walk like in little, straight to the right. It's almost like an extended closet. Yes. And then there's, there's the balcony. We had a guy living in there. Um, <laughs> so we had seven or eight guys living in there. And then downstairs was seven baseball players. So we had a good time. Um, and there was also, did you have the connecting hallway? There was of course. like both yeah. of us on the side of the house yeah. had a, like a, almost like a secret hallway that connected to both of our houses. So those doors would stay open. You know, we would just be going down there. They would be coming up. Um, but that was a lot of fun. I'll tell you what, more than anything, a lot of, 2 a.m., 3 a.m. wrestling matches on that living room. I heard room about those. Yeah. That I would ref. I would do this to Donnie all the time because Donnie, if anyone knows Donnie, he's pretty easy to rile up. So I would, uh, I would instigate a wrestling match, clear everything off. So I'd get him usually with a damn sick. I would get him in a damn sick going. Mm -hmm. And I would start refing it. <laughs> Every single time Donnie had a takedown, I'd be like, out of bounds. Right. And you just <laughs> Donnie get work, more worked up, more worked up, more worked up. Nice. Nice. <laughs> and then like the second Steve would maybe get in a leg, I'd be like, dude, Donnie flipping out, throwing things. That's, that was like, you know, there was some there was some good late night matches there. Um, but 82 was a was a great time. Really happy to continue i guess that tradition finding out that it was a wrestling house i had some good times in that house i didn't live there but i ended up uh yeah, john, john made his out to new grade at a few times at some parties but that was a really good house <laughs> it, it's yeah. funny yeah because for our big thing was um for that house you had the back parking area that had like and if anyone knows about new brunswick parking is at a premium um and the guys who kind of they this slick group of guys who moved in before us and they thought they make oh we'll give you guys the back parking space and you guys can have the basement um lo and behold i'm like fine we'll take the basement you guys will figure parking out but we realized how tough parking on the street was but having access to that basement was the great thing and john that's what you remember kind of um yeah, you know time. the uh the soda and water mixers we had down in the basement were a good time yeah, so that <laughs> driveway dude the amount of times you would just get like a knock at the door from the guys downstairs yeah. or someone dude you gotta move your car you gotta move your car 10 cars in that freaking driveway <laughs> yeah, yeah. so <laughs> So um, why don't we bring it back and kind of tie everything back together and we we'll do some rapid questions for you if, you, if you're ready for it, Dan. Sure. Okay. The first question I have, we asked Scott Goodell a similar question, but different, and he gave a really good answer. So I don't want you to cheat on this one because I'm a little ticked off that Scott did what he did, but um, you have uh, one choice. You can win a world gold medal or an Oscar. Which one are you taking? Man, an Oscar probably <laughs> it's probably better money wise you know it might be a little bit better um yeah and you know i'm old i need that oscar now you gotta I, be on I, tv man you gotta be on prime time yeah 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 all right dan who plays the better police officer russell crowe dan hill or donnie d philippus dan hill easy nice Donnie's way good. I'd have to go with me, although Crow Crow is a, a close second. He's not bad. He's not, he's an okay.
Close second, got it. Um, last one for me. Um, did you have to make a choice between, you kind of touched on this, but did you have to make a choice between acting and wrestling? And do you regret anything you've done on either side, whether you didn't commit to one or the other? Um, you know, what's your thoughts on that? Well, that, uh, the choice came early. So when I, again, when I started wrestling in seventh grade, I was also in the school play at that time. And I was leaving rehearsal early to get to practice late. And the wrestling coach didn't mind. He was happy that I was in the room. I started hearing it from the director. Right. And he told me, you got to make a choice. Seventh grade. Yeah. And I said, I said, I want to, I'm like in this wrestling thing. I want to see this out. So I quit the play and made that choice. Um, and, you well, know. Glad you did. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. All right. All right. All right, Dan. This last one, um, you know, this, I'm, I'm going to share my screen here because we're going to get you. Uh, I got a good clip. Um, this is after the Sunny D days, but this is oh, early on in the career. So let and I want to I want to get your reaction to this one. This is some of your very early work. I watched it. Uh, I'm going to show the the lead up to it first, um, and then we'll show your part here. And I want I want to get your thoughts on this one. This is some of your some of your early stuff. I had to dig up uh, through the crates, if you will. Oh God! In the morning. Oh wait, hold up! I need that. I need to get the audio on this too. Give me a second. Oh no! I didn't know people knew that this thing existed. <laughs> I already oh, know we it. We find it, man. Don't worry, Dan. We're gonna we find get them. We get them. The bus, check weight, and then rest until weigh-ins. Unless you need to work out a little more. Sounds simple, right? Well, for one genius freshman by the name of Dan Hill, this simple schedule didn't make too much sense as Coach Sachi and Lee have spent an hour looking for him. Coach Sachi have no idea what's going on. They're looking for uh, Danny Hill. They, they think he didn't get on the bus, but he did. <laughs> they, Coach counted 15 people. We only brought 15 people. Coaches, these guys make me mad today. They always tell them the obvious, asking everyone, did they check their weight? Yeah, we checked our weight. Why would we check our weight? What kind of question is that? Like, we want to be over. <laughs> Yeah. You should have done what? Disappeared. This is amazing. No one can find the kid. He's unaccounted for. As far as I know, he's not wrestling anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my side. That's that side of the story. Here's my side of the story. I took it upon myself. The whole team does their weighing, check the check the scale thing. I was weighing myself. I'm 0.1 over, and uh, I see that I have to take. Feel like I got to take crap. Take advantage of that. Of course, we're 0.1. Squeeze out of the ball. <laughs> Good to go. Right? So I don't tell anyone. And I'm I don't think I need to. I'm sitting on the toilet. I'm chilling. Squeezing a couple of uh, dots out. And all of a sudden I hear I see like shoes going back and forth. I hear right, this is some great impressions coming up, guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna give this to you. And I thought what I thought was Sachi's voice. I wasn't yet familiar with the voice with Sachi's voice because I was a freshman. I wasn't yet familiar. But I hear the voice and I hear Mike. Mike, where'd he go? Did you, did you, is he over there, Mike? Is he over there? And I'm, I'm trying to see under the saws, and I'm seeing the little feet going back and forth. What then turned out to be Nita and Sachi, it was them looking for me, right? So I knew, then I figured out it was them, but I wasn't saying anything because I was just chilling. Finally get done, and I go, uh, I go check my weight, and all of a sudden there's like a stampede running at me with Nita in the front. They're running like, where were you? I'm like, I'm point one over. This is where it gets good. Point one over. And this was before. 
uh, Lena says to me, you know they're not going to give that to you, right? And I was like, is this, I'm thinking, is this guy for real? Obviously, I know they're not giving me point one. It's, like I've been around for, I haven't been around forever, but I've been around the block a couple times. I know you got to make the weight. So I'm like, yes, I know I have to make the weight. So he's trying to run me through a shadow drill thing on like the mats. And I'm like, coach, Wayne's are in like 40 minutes or maybe a half hour or something like that. I'm like, I'm going to lose point one. Long story short, he puts me in his whole get up. I'm running around the freaking room for an hour. I was like a half under. It's ridiculous. That's the, that's the Navy story. All right, so you made the weight, you know. Why don't you tell us about that? That's from yeah. Amir Khan, 2004, Rutgers wrestling the season. Check it out on YouTube, guys. But uh, season with the Knights, right? That's what mm -hmm. it's called. Yeah, season with the Knights, 2004. Uh, Amir, one of my favorite people. How about that hair, huh? That oh, looks, that's looking good. good. That's looking back, good. Back when I had when I had it, I think all that dye made it all fall out. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I actually remember that like it was yesterday and that's i mean it's got to be 2004 right something like that um yeah that was funny lita and sachi were both hilarious and crazy in their own ways <laughs> and their room was look all they did was go to the bathroom and people are flipping out thinking that i didn't get on the bus <laughs> <laughs> oh god I, um, I I have just one. You asked for a silver fox story before. I have to yeah. tell this one Lita story because it's one of my favorites. So Lita, I don't know how old he was at that time, but you know he wasn't a young buck. And he would, we would leave practice, and you would see Lita on the stepper in our in like our locker room, full sauna suit, garbage bags, full sweats on the stepper looking like he's about to have a heart attack. And we'd be like, Lita, what are you doing? He's like, I got Weight Watchers tonight. If I don't make weight, my wife's going to freaking kill me. <laughs> he was cut like what an old school wrestler. He was eating whatever he wanted and then cutting weight a couple hours before his Weight Watcher meetings. <laughs> Listen, Dan, let me tell you, that goes back. He used to do that when I was there too. Did he? Yeah, he'd be on there with the sweatsuit. And it's kind of like, listen, guys, I always tell people it's the stupidest thing. If you're trying to really lose weight, don't put the rubber suit on for yeah. the temporary winter weight thing, you know? But it's funny he used to wear that. Well, hey, great story, Dan. Uh, great having you. Uh, make sure you check, follow our show. We'll, we'll keep up with the Dan Hill stuff. Uh, good, good shows in Hollywood. Make sure you guys follow us on all the platforms, Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. We're on everything. Hey, check out our Facebook and, and, Insta and Instagram. We got some memes coming out. Our meme game is going through the roof. Check them out. And hey, Roll Junkie. 15% off www.worldjunkie.com. Best wrestling jiu-jitsu gear out there. See you guys later. Relentless Pursuit, baby.